Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and for all the cuisine that we cover on this show, I feel like there's one that I haven't focused on enough, and that is Chinese cuisine. Now, I'm not talking about broccoli beef or cashew chicken, though this restaurant that we're focusing on today, they will serve you excellent versions of that dish if that's what you want. But I'm more interested in the authentic side of the menu at Blue and Fly Asian Kitchen, which is why I'm so excited to talk with the owner today. This is Joe Kong. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Of course, the pleasure is all mine. And before we hop into it, I just people have asked before, they're like, hey, would you mind just telling us where the restaurant is right off the bat of the episode so that's what we're going to do blue and fly asian kitchen is located off of 72nd dodge basically uh, picture nebraska furniture mart go across the street that's where you'll find blue and fly asian kitchen definitely worth seeking out so hopping into it here there are two sides to your menu uh which is about as big as a harry potter novel by the way i mean it is it is an impressive amount of dishes that you guys have popping out of that kitchen but the first half of that menu is labeled American Chinese style, while the latter half is labeled traditional Chinese style. And Joe, I know you're someone who grew up in China eating traditional Chinese dishes like shredded pork with spicy garlic sauce and, and sliced beef tendon, things like that. How did you come to the decision as you were opening your business? I want to offer both of these menus. Okay, um, so I'm growing up in China. And I come to United States since I was 21. I come to United States and um, after that, uh, work with my dad for a few years. And uh, after that, I joined the National Guard. And I'm doing a lot of traveling with the Guard. So I went to New York, I went to South Carolina, I went to Dakota. You know, um, some of the city have a lot of Chinese communications, uh, communities there. Uh, so when I go there, I'm always searching for food. Uh, I like to try their local food. I'm like to try see if I can find like a Korean food. I can try if I can find like a Asian food or Chinese food that uh, I don't have in Omaha. And I find it all there is a, a lot of good amount of traditional food that in their city, but not in Omaha. Oh, that's not fair. Come on, <laughs> that's not fair. Uh, especially I'm looking for to, I'm living here. I'm like to Omaha and I want to build a, uh, communicate that uh, comfort enough 
for me and my friend to have a、uh, hometown food. So that's why we decided and think about it to open a restaurant that、uh, can serve traditional Chinese food. But you still like you, you have your authentic side of the menu, but you also have the Americanized side, and I think I understand. The psychology behind that, but I would love for you to just kind of walk me through that. How did you decide? Yes, I definitely want to serve these authentic dishes that I had in my youth and that I had while I'm traveling, but I'm also going to serve, you know, the peanut butter chicken and the things that Americans recognize as Chinese food too. When first time open, when we have the thought, me and my wife have thought to open the、uh, to open Blue and Fly,、um, I am kind of scared. Because Blue and Fly is not only a business that we start up. Blue and Fly is that I put、uh, all my investment, all my money, and all my passion into it.、Um, seven years, eight years ago, if Blue Fly didn't work out, and、uh, pretty much that's end of everything. I gonna be in a huge debt. I gonna be in,、uh, yeah, I'm gonna be like a, really like a, in the. Down, down in the bottom.、Mm-hmm. So at、yeah, that time, I need to be really be careful, and、uh, I'm really scared. Scared.、Um, so I thought, like, what sh- what could make me that at least、uh, to have somebody come inside to try me.、Um, American Chinese food is one of these、uh, doorbells that to able to like people come to inside try this place. And my opinion is, my idea is, if、uh, people come here try my American side food, they are like it. My as well that transfer them to a authentic food eater.、Mm, yeah, it happens.、Mm-hmm. Uh, more and more、um, local American people,、um, local people, lo- local people, local customers that come to in my store and order from a traditional side menu, which make me really excited. <laughs> I, I I absolutely love that. I think it's a genius idea. You kind of you get people in the door by offering them something that they're familiar with. They're like, "Hey, I recognize General Chicken. Great, I can get that." But then they start exploring the second half of the menu, and they're just like, "Whoa, there's some stuff here that I've never experienced." But I want I want to check that out too. And I've seen that with people that I've brought. The last time that I came in, my dining companion he got he got General Chicken, which was excellent by the way, and he loved it. Said it was the best that he's had in Omaha. But we also got some scallion pancakes, and and I got the bulgogi, and he admitted that my bulgogi was better, and the scallion pancakes he absolutely loved. He housed like four or five of these things, and the next time he goes in, I bet he's exploring that second half of the menu because he got a taste of what you could offer, and he really really loved it. Now I want to go back to 2007 when when you first come to the United States. You're 21 years old. I mean, you're an adult. You have a good understanding of food at this point. Were you surprised when you would go to Chinese restaurants and be like, "What? Like this isn't, you know, this isn't what I understand as Chinese food. Like what? What is this exactly?" I remember 2007 when I come to my dad's restaurant and、um, when I saw his cook, he tell me. Hey, there's a kung pao chicken. I look at the dish. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> That's my first question to him. What is that? Is a、uh, is nothing. Is nothing same. <laughs> it's totally different. Is nothing same.、Uh, he introduced me peanut butter chicken. I'm like, 
Oh, that even I said. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I offense anybody. But yeah, back in days, that's it. We don't have all these dishes in China. Uh, those dishes is actually uh, invented in invented or modified in United States. Uh, back in I think 1930, 1940-ish. So mm-hmm. with those immigrants that come here for real railroad. And they are open the restaurant and they are invented, they are modified those food that are for um, local, for local people that they would like. So, and all this food become a uh, cuisine right now. So that uh, um, serving United States and even servers in like uh, uh, European. So, yeah, but I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked. And, uh, I pretty much like opened my mind and learned everything from it. So, and uh, you know what? Some food are great. I love it. <laughs> so that's why I brought on my menu. <laughs> yeah, I want to be clear. Like as we go through this conversation, I definitely want to focus more on the traditional side of your menu. But I mean, if somebody wants to have the Americanized Chinese food, what you'll find at any Chinese restaurant basically in Omaha or throughout the country, you serve awesome versions of that. So somebody, if somebody just wants broccoli beef, still go to Blue and Fly. Like you're going to get awesome. an awesome version of broccoli beef, but maybe get that the first time, say this is really good, and then get a chance to look at that second half of the menu and be like, okay, what else is on here that I'm willing to try? Because there is just so much going on. When you look at those two halves of your menu, the traditional Chinese food and the Americanized Chinese menu, like, are there some main differences that you can identify, like, just in terms of the cuisine overall, like, do Americans prefer fried food more, or does one side, you know, prefer, you know, more sauce or a sweeter sauce or something like that? Um, Chinese, traditional Chinese cuisine is big enough. We have uh, eight different uh, uh, version or region of it, and uh, they pretty much have everything included, uh, like a sweet food, a salty food, a soup, everything they include because uh, because of that. And uh, only main different for me is that uh, tech- technique-wise, cooking American Chinese food and the traditional Chinese food is. American Chinese food, I have sauce. Uh, most of the food, I have sauce. I have a brown sauce. I have a sweet sour sauce that's ready in there. Um, that's easy to access. They're ready for in there. But for traditional Chinese food, I still use the traditional way, which is uh, everything from uh, scratch. You will see I use a tablespoon over there, measure my sugar. You will see I use a tablespoon over there, measure my salt, measure my soy sauce, everything. So everything is from, literally everything from scratch, and there's a lot of varieties. A um, lot of my regular customers will come here eating my food and ask, uh, uh, ask my waitress, like, uh, hey, is, uh, is the chef doesn't happy today? Is the chef uh, very happy today? Is the chef excited, excited today? Um, for me, traditional the good part for traditional Chinese food is you are not only here eating the food. You are here enjoy the moment with the chef. Even though I'm not there with you, but my dish will represent my status for today. Really? Yes. Um, I noticed. <laughs> I noticed. 
if really I'm stressful that day, my food will be slightly spicier <laughs> than normal. <laughs> it it will. Or if I'm really excited today, my food will be more、uh, smoky. As a little bit more smoky than normal, so it always have a slightly or very small difference every day you try it, and that's how amazing it is. And you can tell, hey, this chef got improved. Hey, this chef have good movement here, or I'm sorry, this chef just had a bad day. <laughs> that's fascinating. I've never heard that before, but I absolutely love it, and and I. I I like the, there's like that connection between the chef and the dining room,、yes, even though、is. you're not seeing each other, that you can like identify with one another. That's awesome. Yes, it is. As a chef, as someone who's cooking, like if you come into if you come into the restaurant and you've got a sick kid and you're you know maybe you had a flat tire, you're running late, whatever it is, and you're having one of those frustrated days, and you just admit you you know when when you get frustrated, your food might be a little spicier. Do you Try and like think about that and be like, okay, I let's try not to make it as spicy. Or do you just kind of let your emotions dictate the menu? Because it sounds like you kind of enjoy that connection between yourself and the dining room. Yeah, I definitely enjoy it. I definitely enjoy the moment. I definitely want to share like my emotion with my、uh, diners. I feel that's a very important part, and that's how make my food different. And、uh, also, in other hand. I will minimize this change,、uh, because bottom line, you are here to enjoy、uh, good food. You are not here <laughs> to see a grumpy man that <laughs> cook stuff. That's totally different. I will definitely mar-、uh, minimize all these very very small changes.、Uh, but unfortunately, sometimes、uh, with even with the control that you have,、uh, those varieties are still there. Very minimal, but if you really into my food a lot, you you really like eat my lot, eat my food a lot. Like my customers that come here, my restaurant, three days a week, you will know there's a diff- little difference on it, and that's how make、uh, stuff、uh, interesting for me, and also making stuff interesting for my dinner.、Mm. And also that's the hard part. A lot of a lot of my customer asking me like, hey. You guys should open a second location in Lincoln. You guys should open a second location in Bellevue. How about you guys open a second、uh, location in Grand Island? We're really looking for a good Chinese food. I'm sorry, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't.、Um, unfortunately, you guys.、Uh, unfortunately, all people that come here is for it for me, for the cook that I have. If I really open a second location, have somebody. Else to cook that food, it will be different. It will be different food. It will be different、uh, experience. Even though they are all Chinese cuisine, even though they are all Sichuan cuisine, Sichuan、uh, type cuisine, Chinese cuisine, but、uh, the emotion it will be different.、Mm-hmm. The experience will be different. So that's a.、Uh, That's for a traditional Chinese restaurant. Be hard sometimes to get bigger.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the just age old conundrum of opening a second location. I remember I used to be one of these people. I, I would go to my favorite restaurants and I'd say, "Oh, you guys are awesome, 
but your location is downtown. Why don't you open something in West Omaha? I'd love to be able to come. I don't think people understand just the difficulty of opening a second restaurant. Not only, you can't be in both places at once, so you can't control the environment completely. But like you said, like when you're trusting your cooking to someone else, I mean, you can, you can give somebody recipe after recipe. You can train them. You can show them exactly how you cook the dish. But each individual has a different background coming up. They have different personality traits. They have a different mood day to day that is going to change the food and change the cooking. So yes, it's possible to open second locations, third locations, fourth locations, and restaurants that do that. That is awesome. And I commend them for it. But it's really, really hard to do. And I I love that you just brought that up. Hopefully we can pull back the curtain for people and let them realize that it's not as easy as just saying, oh, yeah, let's just drop another blue and fly in Bellevue. That'll be great. It's it's difficult. Don't get me wrong. As a business owner, I want to open second, third <laughs> location. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But uh, on the other hand, I also want to bring a good quality that sure. the two people trust us. Right. So uh, as we kind of get into it here, I would love to highlight just a couple of dishes on your menu that a couple that I've tried that I really like and a couple that I just... I think are really fascinating. I'd love to just hear more about them. And the first one is the bulgogi. And what I love, one of the things that I love about Blue and Fly Asian Kitchen is I feel like every time I come in, I learn something either about food or about Chinese cuisine, Chinese culture. And I love bulgogi, but I've really only had the Korean version of it, which is kind of a spicy, sweeter sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very good. And I, I, I love it. But when I ordered the bulgogi, the waitress, she she let me know, hey, this is not what you're probably what you're thinking of in, in the Korean dish. This is more of a, a pepper forward dish. It's a little bit spicy. And I was like, sure, let's do it. I'm here for it. And this, I mean, it came out just sizzling on this platter. It was gorgeous. And it was so delicious. Like, I mean, it was scorching hot. I think I burned my mouth in about wow. 15 different places because... It was so hot, but it was also so good. Like, I just wanted to keep eating it. I didn't want to wait. Just, I guess, just kind of give me the origin behind this dish. Just where does the bulgogi come from? Kind of what, what's what's the background behind it? So, um, so compare both bulgogi that uh, we all know um, uh, Korean have their bulgogi too. Um, and for my understanding, for my understanding is uh, if you look at the Asian map, the China and the Korean are really close to each other. And there's a lot of communication between both uh, countries and also with the food-wise, there's the same thing. Um, bulgogi for me is always a, uh, like a, a Southern, Southern version of the food and it really got popular uh, during 1980-1990 and then from uh, transformation from uh, Southern to North. And by the time, the food is also brought to Korean. And from, from my understanding, from my learning, it also brought from Korean. And uh, from there, in Korean, it started uh, modified to the flavor that uh, uh, local Korean people will like it. And uh, when I come to United States and come to Omaha and I tried the Korean bulgogi, which is awesome and I loved it, but it's also slightly different. And so when we, when I bro- uh, built the menu, when I built the menu for Blue and Fly, I was thinking about there's a major thing that I could add on it, make it different, different and let people know the difference between Asian food 
even there looks like coming same area, but they will be have a difference. So, I love it. Uh, another dish I'd love to just hear a little bit of background about is mapo tofu. I, I've never had this. I really want to have it. I just haven't mm-hmm. had the experience to have it yet. But I keep seeing it on menus. I keep hearing people talk about it. What What can you tell me about mapo tofu? Uh, mapo tofu is the really traditional uh, Sichuan dish, Sichuan dish that's uh, famous for years. And uh, you want to hear the story about it? Yeah, you... just tell me whatever you want to tell me about this. Okay. I'm here for so it. So the story about it is an old lady that's uh, in Sichuan making tofu to sell. So ground beans and then make it as a bean curd and then sell it. Uh, sometimes it's coming hot, sometimes it's coming cold. Uh, and uh, she's mistakenly added too much water one time, so makes the tofu extra soft. Well, what I should do, you know, if I made this mistake, today's working is for nothing. So she decided that uh, add spicy into it, add uh, stuff that she loved to into it. That because it's from Sichuan, everything it should be spicy, should be numbing. You know, that's this region big ad. So she added in and then tried it. She loved it. So uh, people saw it. Her customer saw it. Her customer looked into it. I'm like, they're like, oh, that looks delicious. White tofu, red sauce, spicy, numbing. Hey, that looks great. Let's try it. So more and more people try it. More and more people love it. And become this uh, old lady to a professional cook only cook these dishes and represent these dishes to his name. So that's the dish come that's, that's this dish name come from Mapo. Mapo is actually a uh, old lady's name. <laughs> wow. See this is this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like when I ex- when I eat this food and experience these dishes like I learn and I love that. There's one more dish that I want to ask you about because you had a about two weeks ago, you had a pretty uh, good Facebook post about it, just kind of breaking down this dish a little bit. And you said that a lot of customers ask you about it, and that's beef chow fun. Mm. Uh, just educate us. Tell me whatever you want to tell me about this dish. What do customers ask about? Mm, a lot of customers come to my store asking me, like, hey, do you have that? Do you have this? Uh, do, you, do you serve this? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. What's the name on it? Uh, I think on my on my menu the name is called the uh, thick rice noodle. Simple as thick rice noodle. I didn't brought it back to uh, beef chow fan or anything else. And uh, beef chow fan is uh, really a uh, Cantonese food, Cantonese street food. Uh, some re- some restaurant represents that, but most of the, mostly you the most authentic way you eating should be on the street. <laughs> Have a small uh, stove that cook on the cart and then. Pe- and then uh, the person cook it in there, make it fresh, hot. Um, so for me, I like that dish, but my wife is more favorite with it, that dish. So I keep practice for my wife <laughs> with this dish and try to make her happy. Um, and with backgrounds, this dish can be like all different kind of versions. You know, some people put uh, beans prawns in it, some people put... Uh, green pepper in it, and for me, more comfortable is I put a simple vegetable, cabbage, carrots, and onion into it, and make it uh, make a vegetable crunchy and make the noodle soft. 
And uh, since people, a lot of people asking, and my wife like, hey, why don't we just make a post and let people know? Number one, we have this dish. Number two, what this dish really it is? Then a chofen, chofen. And uh, number three is maybe so let people know uh, that's what it is. And uh, so that way maybe um, people can, just because it's dish, people can come here try us, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. as another advertisement. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, And I think it, it's so smart how you guys run your Facebook page because once or twice a week you'll have kind of a post like that where you'll say, whether it's a special or it's a, a dish that's on your menu, you'll not only say, hey, check out, check out this awesome dish. This looks great. But here's the history behind it. Here's how people eat it. Here's, um, you know, where it comes from, its origin story. Like for someone like me, especially who loves food, I'm a lot more likely to come in and try that because I'm like, this not only looks great, but I can experience the culture behind it. Hopefully how, how fun has that been for you to kind of be the gateway for a lot of people to come in and experience dishes like this. Like you have a lot of dishes on your menu that people cannot order anywhere else in Omaha, or if they can get it somewhere else in Omaha, it's, it's very difficult to find just, I don't know if proud is the right word, but like how, how proud are you like to represent this, this style of food and, and to bring it to people like me for the first time? Okay. So like I said, with my background, I grew up in China. Um, China is a uh, one of the oldest country in the world, and we uh, it has five thousand years history. People eating right, <laughs> five thousand years. All the food got modified, all the food got transformed, and uh, all the food that uh, become uh, historic. Some some of the food become historic, and uh, with all these uh, backgrounds that uh, make a food had a meaning with me. I can come here easily represent you a dish that, hey, that's what it is. But also I, also, I would love to give the credit to the person who first cooked this food in this way. For example, mapa tofu. We always remember the person who did it. Kung pao chicken. We also remember the person who did it. And dong uh, rou, which is... Uh, don't put the person who cooked cook this meat at this way. So we always try to remember and give credit for the person who really invented this and give them credit for, brought them up. I love it. You're paying homage to the people who originally came up with the dish. You're not just saying, hey, this this is, you know, I'm going to serve you Mapo Tofu, but you're saying, I'm going to serve you this dish and I want to tell you the story about this woman who originally created it and about how this dish came to be. And also also the most important part is the dish flavor is very important, but also another important part is the history behind it. It's the story behind it. It's the history behind it. It's the, how could this one become this way at the beginning with? And all this make more meaning to the dish, into it. And I think that's not also I'm introduce you the dish and also I'm introduce the culture and brought my Chinese culture to everybody. That's fascinating. And I could not love that anymore. 
Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. Did you know that just 1% of all cattle raised in the U.S. is Piedmontese? Or that this red meat is so healthy that it's similar in micronutrients to Atlantic salmon and chicken breast? Rare, healthy, and most importantly, delicious. That's a trio that just can't be beat. I'm so confident that you'll get hooked on certified Piedmontese beef like I did that I want to help you try it. When you visit Piedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, you'll receive 25% off your order. That's 25% off steaks, burgers, brats, sausages, and even bacon. Yeah, I said it. Beef bacon. It'll change your life. Use my promo code to score a great deal and experience why certified Piedmontese is such a big deal today. And now, back to my guest. Now, let's get into your background. How, how did you get into cooking originally? Um, well, unfortunately. <laughs> so, when I grew up, I'm not those uh, traditional good kids with my parents. <laughs> I'm not good at study. I don't like study. I don't... I'm not book smart, and I don't like study. I will, I will learn a lot of stuff that from the outside. I will, I like, uh, um, I like old story. I like historic, but I just don't like the information that uh, brought from the uh, education book. <laughs> and when I was 18, I started my first job as a waitress, as a waiter for a restaurant. And I worked there for three months and then started doing my traveling uh, to see the, want to see the country of China. Uh, unfortunately, there's uh, one stop at Sichuan. I lost my wallet when I got off the train. Oh, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I lost everything from my wallet because everything is in my wallet and I lost it. And uh, I'm looking to it like, uh, what am I going to do? What I should uh, go back to my hometown? <laughs> You know, so the easiest way is to find a job, and the good part is in China. If you find a uh, waiter job, serving job, they will provide your food and living place. So hey, I done this before and I try it. So I walk into this restaurant, I apply for the job, they immediately hired me, and I work with the waiter and love and later they need me help in the kitchen and I go back and help them. But my April. The owner of the restaurant and is also a uh, master chef. And he looked at me. He's like, "You are so young. Why are you here?" I'm like, "I lost my wallet." And you know, tell them, tell him my story. He's like, "Hey, I, I look at, look at you. You are pretty quick to learn. Do you want to learn how to cooking?" Well, <laughs> I gonna be there for six months to a year, right? So why not? Never gonna hurt to learn something. I'm like, "Yeah, I will. I will." So he started brought me into it, started teaching me how to right way to cook it, right way to prepare from the scratch, from the really like a bottom line, how to prep food, cutting food, how to marinate food, and how to cook food, how to control the temperature. From there, I'm getting into this. So you mentioned like studying books, you know, that, that was not your thing. But when you got into the kitchen and you started like really getting into the nitty gritty of cooking and this chef is showing you basically from the ground up how, how to build this stuff, was that something that really connected with you? Like, did you know immediately like, whoa, this is for me? 
it's painful at the beginning with <laughs> I keep I keep cutting my hand. <laughs> <laughs> how fast it is everything, like how fast you need to do and how fast the speed is. I'm still cutting my hand sometimes these days. Yes, it's painful. But I loved it. I enjoyed it. It kept me busy. Keep me keeping me busy. Keep me don't think about those stuff that outside the world. Quiet me down inside. Um, well, I would say I am a little bit. I am a little bit enjoyed. <laughs> so, how long did you work there before you were able to get back home? Uh, I be there nine months. Okay, I be there nine months. Actually, I can get back home in my third month, but I feel I I like I like my teacher a lot. I like him a lot. I still have a connection with him even right now. That's uh, almost uh, twenty years after. I still have connection with him. Um, Good, cool guy, and really, even though it's that old, still like a modern old guy. That's uh, down to everything with, especially with me. I'm more than appreciate every my, my word to appreciate him that yeah. brought me into it. And so, that time he needed people help, so I decided that hey, stay here with him a little bit longer. So six months later, that uh, he's uh, find a different find another help with him. So. He, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. I really think I need to go back to my hometown. And he understand. So that's the time I'm left. But after that, every when I'm back in China, every time back in China, or I was in China every year, I will go there with him. Oh, that's great. So how did, how did you end up in America, in Omaha specifically? Um, my dad. Because my dad. My dad is here for 30 years at least. Here in the United States, 30 years at least. And the one was uh, 2021 that he gave me a call and asked me, hey, if you want to come to the United States. And uh, like I said, I'm not a traditional good good kid. <laughs> I, I like to see difference. I like to uh, explore. And uh, um, for, me, for me, it's very difficult in China because I don't have a good education or I don't like to have an education. So that really limited me uh, finding a job in China or uh, find a, or people how judgment me in China. Mm-hmm. Okay, they look at me like, oh, that's a bad kid. But for me, it's like, I know I'm not bad because I do everything right. I just don't like this certain area. So make a difference. And by the time my dad asked me, hey, if you, you want to come here, see it, and then... I'm like, yeah, why not? Come over and make it different and see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I got nothing to last here in China anyway, so that's why I come to the United States. And uh, he's in Omaha, and I come to Omaha. Mm, and I, by that time, I'm still young, and i still doing my morning exercising, everything like that. I'm start like running, or, uh, doing like a morning running, everything like that. The first thing I never can remember, I never can forget is I get in uh, one of those uh, traffic stop that I want to cross the street. Literally, literally, my life first time, a car stopped there waiting for me cross the, cross the street. That's the first time in my life. I'm like, no way gonna be that happen. <laughs> I never experienced this in China. Okay, I never experienced this in China. And then I crossed the street, waved the hand, start jogging, and the people 
Heard me into me. Say hi to me. Greeting with me. Oh my god, that place is nice. <laughs> I love it.、Uh-huh. I love it. And then that become my really first good impression with this city. Oh no, that's my second hometown for sure. I'm stay here no matter what. <laughs> we are we are a friendly bunch here in Omaha for the most part. There are some bad apples, but、oh, well, for the most part, most part, yes, yes. Omaha, Omaha, Omaha is nice. <laughs> yes. So you mentioned you、uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but National Guard, right? Yes. You did some traveling with the National Guard.、Uh, you experienced, you know, hey, there are some great authentic Chinese restaurants in some of these other cities that I'm、yes. visiting. Why can't I have this in Omaha? At what point did the idea of opening your own restaurant enter your mind? Um, two thousand twelve. I got married with my wife, and two thousand twelve. I got married with my wife, and we always we always think about to build a something, you know, with the family between me and my wife. I. Uh, in National Guard, I was a '91 Bravo, which is a mechanic. And the first time we thought, hey, maybe open a mechanic shop. And after that, you know, we keep think about like uh, the uh, possibilities that what we can do.、Mm, to be honest with you, open a restaurant is not my first、uh, option <laughs> because I know how hard it is. I know how difficult it is. I know how much works that behind it.、Um, if at that time, at that time, with I'm not starting anything, I would love to try the easiest way to doing it. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, but that's what it is. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah,、um, but my wife really like push me. She like my food. She she likes good food. She likes my food, and she kept pushing me. And then like, hey, why don't you doing that? Why don't you doing that? Why don't you doing that? Three times a day. <laughs> I'm like, let me think about it. And then more and more after and after, and I decided, okay, maybe we starting this restaurant. And number one is for for my wife, for me and my family, for my wife. Number two. Um, we can brought it authentic Chinese food to Omaha, and the number three is all those international students that are from UNO, UN,、uh, UNLC,、uh, Bellevue University, and、uh, even Creighton. They are looking for good Chinese food too, so that's why we like okay, we started and then see if.、Uh, We can make it different. Make this thing happen. The way that wives can inspire us is truly amazing. Like, I don't think this podcast would probably exist without my wife. I never would have written a book if not for my wife. So, and we wouldn't have Blue and Fly Asian Kitchen if not for your wife. So, thank goodness for wives. Wife's all power, right? Yes. And actually, I want to give a quick shout out to your wife because she also makes cakes. Uh, yes, at Blue and Fly. I remember this was probably like six or eight months ago. I first saw pictures of these, and at first I was confused because I was like, "Wait, isn't this like a Chinese restaurant? Why are they offering cakes?" But they were so beautiful. I was just like, "These things are gorgeous." Can you? What's like? What is her role? Like, what is the the cake side of the business? 
that actually is an accident. That was an accident. <laughs> yeah, it's a happy accident. It sounds he, like he said it's actually an accident. We never thought we we're gonna make a cake anything like that. Uh, back in two days during the pande- uh, pandemic, starting the pandemic, uh, the restaurant business got a hit. I think not only Blue and Fly, the all restaurant, this all restaurant business got a hit big time. And uh, literally, by the time I don't have a diners anymore, and everything become uh, to go out delivery, carry out delivery. So, which is slow, slow me down a lot. And for my wife, her job is slow down about sixty uh, percent of it. So she have more time. And uh, one of time, my son's birthday, and we all looking for to get uh, my son a cake, and. The thing I'm thinking about is ice cream cake. I love it. <laughs> My wife like, yeah, in the winter time, you know, maybe we don't do ice cream cake. Okay, so get a cake from uh, Walmart maybe or Cheesecake Factory maybe. And that flavor is kind of little bit too heavy for uh, Chinese, especially for me. You know, cheesecake is great, but uh, one bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with it. Yep. I'm sorry. It's very they're, rich. They're too rich, too heavy for me. So my wife like, uh, hey, do you remember all those uh, milk cakes that you had from China? I'm like, yeah. Let me try, it. see if I can make one. I'm like, okay, go ahead. That's your that's your thing. Go ahead. Okay, I'm I, I cannot do bakery. I know how to play with fire, but I don't do bakery. I'm sorry. <laughs> so she's starting like uh, with her bakery education with her and she started to get uh, all this put together little by little and uh, I eat uh, seven different cakes in that week <laughs> before my son's birthday <laughs> and uh, finally she brought in one that uh, doesn't looks very great but tastes very well we loved it I loved it she loved it parents loved it oh my son is just like into it um, little by little, little by little, like this, and then she start like make a cake, maybe like once a month, once a two months. You know, have fun with her, and she enjoyed it until one day, one of my uh, regular customers, loyalty regular customers, just straight come into her and ask her question. Hey, my son' birthday the next uh, next week. Do you make a cake here? I really want to get a cake here for my son. And my wife like, how oh, you know that? I didn't tell anybody. It's just like, uh, you know, she's like, uh, uh, sure, I can try, but I'm not really sure it's going to be perfect. Oh, no, no, no. Make a cake for my son. That's it. All right. So that night, my wife spent eight hours on that cake to make it perfect. <laughs> eight hours on a cake? Eight hours. <laughs> Uh, even right now, she, average time she's she work on the cake is uh, four to six hours. Uh, it everything made from scratch, everything made from flour that built it up. So average right now, even still like four to six hours. Sometimes it's easier four hours. Sometimes it's harder six hours for him for her. And for that cake, I remember it's eight hours, and she made she's over over again trying to make the surface smooth. And then ended up, she represents this cake to the customer. The customer really love it, and uh, keep brought people, keep brought her friends back, word by mouth. 
Mm-hmm. And, and to introduce to my wife and like, hey, I need a kick here. Hey, I need a kick here. And one day the customer, hey, why don't you post, post this on Facebook? It looks good. My wife like, okay, let's, let's do it. See what's going to happen. <laughs> so now become her a uh, sad hobby <laughs> from, from work. <laughs> that uh, once a while she make uh, cakes. Oh, I, I think that they look absolutely gorgeous. It's cool to see Thank that she, she's getting to expand and, and do some cool things as well. Uh, going back to your origin story. So, um, or I don't remember exactly what month it was, but in 2015 is when Blue and Fly Asian Kitchen opened its doors for the first yes. time. Yes. What do you remember about that day? Like, what stands out to you? Oh, spicy and uh, frustrated and uh, scared yeah <laughs> also sad <laughs> why sad uh i was excited at one moment let's see why it's sad that all day i only sell 99 dollars <laughs> for my first day opening which is i know gonna be slow but I really don't know gonna be ninety nine dollars slow. <laughs> I laugh with my I laugh with the first the whole month is really difficult for us. Mm-hmm. You you see how where's location at us and then how target the corner with us. Um, I'm open seven years now. Still people asking, hey, where you guys are? I just running around here. I cannot find you guys. You know, I really tell them like, hey, look at the Nebraska furniture mark. Cross street from the seventy second. There's a pass mart. There's a big lot. There's jar jewelry. I'm on the corner. Find us there on the corner. Ah, okay, I see it. Otherwise, I gonna miss it. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. It's a uh, corner. It's like an inner location. It's really hard to. But once you know, you know it. Mm-hmm. Kind of deal. Um, and that day, yes, that day. I sell $99 that day, and uh, there's still a lot of stuff that I need to prepare, and also there's a lot of stuff I need to be settled down, like dish-wise. Um, personally, I know six different types of the uh, Sichuan oil. And uh, my wife wanted me to make a uh, best of the best. <laughs> She's... Same thing with me. If that thing is not good enough, I'm not going to push it all to the customer. If that thing is not, I, I'm not confident with this, I have, I'm not going to suggest to customer. I'm not going to push it all, to represent to customer at all. So that day I remember that I'm, during the slow time, whole day pretty much, I'm in the back kitchen and keep uh, finding out which re- to settle down which recipe that I want to build it all to customer with chili oil over over again <laughs> over over again and uh, literally the last of last uh, we me, we have uh, six of the hustles lined up in front of me and my wife we start cheers each other <laughs> with the hustle <laughs> and the two decided mm, I think this one is the best let's do this <laughs> yeah the, so, so maybe that slow day was almost a blessing in disguise because you were able to find the perfect oil that you wanted. Yes, it is. But was spicy though. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. There's probably plenty of frustration that made its way into your cooking that day. So you mentioned the first month, pretty slow. And you guys 
the restaurant is kind of tucked back in a corner. It's not something that's super easy to see from the street, but it is like when you find it, like as a diner, you feel like you just found a gem and you feel like you almost like you uncovered something in the sand. You're like, whoa, I had no idea this was here. But now that I know, like there's a sense of wonderment almost. Oh, no, no. We still have a lot of way to practice. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But you're getting better. At what point did you, because now Bloom and Fly is very popular. At what point did you see that corner start to turn where, okay, the first month was slow, but now people are starting to find us and now people are starting to kind of understand what we're doing here. When did, when did business and when did things start to pick up a little bit? So first month, we are really slow and, uh, I think this kept almost uh, four months. This will keep it almost three months at least. Three months at least. And then start, uh, little by little, I start seeing my, start seeing, hey, customer coming yesterday brought his friend back. Hey, customer seeing last week brought her friend back. And some friend like, hey, I really like your food. I brought my mom here. I really like your food. I brought my boyfriend here. And more and more this happened. Uh, really that to push our all is uh, Sarah, Sarah Hansen. Mm-hmm. She had a uh, interview for us on the Omaha Wars Herald. And that day, opened the door. In 15 minutes, I have a uh, full front, completely seated with the people. I wasn't ready for this. Back in kitchen, I was struggling, <laughs> try the best I can, and then still struggling, and the tickets just keep coming and coming. And I remember customers waiting there for two hours, three hours, waiting for the food, and I'm really, besides apologize, and besides try harder to cook a food and push food out, there's really nothing else I can do back in kitchen because... I never be prepared for this busy, and I never thought this interview have such big power that bring people into it. You know, at the begin, at the first <laughs> restaurant business owner. <laughs> so, yeah, that day a lot of people. I I think that day I make a lot of people mad at me because of how how late the food come out. <laughs> but in another hand, really like my whole team tried the best we can do and did what we can do. Mm-hmm. Even even not these days, even not these days, you know, during holiday season, during a significant night, um, especially like Christmas, even I, uh, we really behind it because of the huge to-go orders, uh, dining orders, big group every year. It takes us longer time to cook everything together. And uh, ours is a little bit different because we're not like a pre-cooked. We're not to cook everything together. Uh, we are cooking every single dish individually. So this way we can track the quality of the food. Or qu- quantity. We can track the quantity of this food. And we try to push the food at the best as, as we can. So sometimes it may take a little bit longer. Sometimes it may take uh, extremely longer, depending on how busy we are. And we only had two people on the back in, in the line that one uh, is me and one is my help that cook all this food. So uh, even these days, I'm still f- feel I own a big apology <laughs> for my customers that who are there waiting for my food. 
Uh, yeah. So back to the story. <laughs> sorry. No, no, I'm you're sa- fine. Sorry, I'm sidetracked. Also, good food is worth waiting for. Let's, let's just throw that out thank there. You, like, thank yes. you. Thank you. It's it's worth the extra wait, especially once you know what's going on in the kitchen. But anyway, yes, back to your story. Back to the story. So after that day, I'm really like, a, so we all know that public. Somehow we all know that public. And uh, I start hearing people talk about My friends start talking to me. Hey, do you know... I'm here you in Bellevue from the next door app. I'm like, uh, really? In Bellevue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People like you here. I'm like, okay, good, good, good. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And then my friend from La Vista, hey, me and my neighbor just talked about you earlier. Oh, thank you. Friends from uh, friends from Army. Hey, my patient come here. Tell tell me about the, the store. Tell me about there's a restaurant in 72nd. Is that yours? <laughs> my dad. Yeah, one of my customers coming here. Talk about your restaurant. <laughs> See, I'm 72nd. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm doing something right. Uh-huh. Maybe people like my food. Maybe I should doing what I'm keep doing what I'm doing. So that's the time really like, okay, I know I got this, and uh, I know. People like my food, and uh, from and I have been and I always been appreciated that the people trust my food, trust my cook, and like my cook, and then bring their family to my restaurant to have my food. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that you got the recognition that you deserved, and I mean that's probably what got me in the door is somebody <laughs> wor- word of mouth telling me, that, "Hey, this food is legit. You got to come try it." And yeah, it's it's spectacular. One last thing that I have to ask you about is we've already talked about how your wife is involved in the restaurant, but I, I loved going back through your Facebook. There were multiple posts where you had pictures of your son, and and he's in the <laughs> restaurant and he's he's got the broom and he's got the dustpan and he's sweeping stuff up, not because you asked him to, but because he just legitimately wants to help but i'm looking at these pictures and reading the captions and like my heart is melting i'm just like this is so incredibly sweet just overall how how important to you is it that this business is like a family business there's a very very family aspect to it and that is integral to to what blue and fly asian kitchen is Yes, it is. Um, yes, as a family business, mainly around with uh, me and my wife and involved with my uh, other families together. It contains a lot of memory with me in this restaurant every day. You know, we happy each other, we met each other, we, f- we verbally fighting each other sometimes, we stressful and the end of the night and then my wife just come into my shoulder and cried a little bit and pat her down and tell her like, hey, tomorrow is gonna be a better night. It's everything in here. Um, like for me, this restaurant is not a only business. It's also of the part of my family extends. It stands from my house. It stands from my my son. It stands from my 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 wife, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. And uh, from my view, is that people come to my restaurant, have my food. It's not only my customer; it also could be my friend. And <laughs> as a chef. You s- maybe sometimes you see me 
I'm literally walking the all sides at the talk with the dancers, no matter they like or not. <laughs> if I'm if I'm interrupt your food, I'm really apologize. But、uh, I feel I'm like to come outside to greeting with you, to meet you, to ask you question like how you feel like my food. If you like my food, if there's any way that、uh, I can bring a better food to you, to you as my friend. Not just you come here, have my food, give me money. We done with it. No, it need be more than this, more than beyond. There's a lot of customers that come, first time customers that come to my store, and now become my friend. Now become my life event friend. They joined my son's hundred days celebration. They joined. My son's birthday. They bring their kid coming here for birthday, and I join in with them, back and forth. I feel that's the restaurant purpose for. Yeah, I I love that. That restaurants and and just food, especially, they bring people together in ways that really nothing else in life does.、Oh, and you. and your restaurant absolutely does that. Anyone listening to this, like. If you've been to Blue and Fly, you know, and you you've experienced this great food. If you haven't, come in and try something. Like don't you don't have to feel bad that you're ordering off the Americanized version of the menu. Like there's nothing wrong with that. You can come in and have an amazing dish, but maybe come in and try that, and then explore that second half of the menu. There's so many dishes. Like yeah, there's some stuff that's more adventurous, but then there's just so much. Like there's so much variety. There's something that everyone can like here, and like you said, it's all cooked from scratch. It's you guys back in the kitchen. There's no frozen ingredients, prepackaged stuff. This is being cooked from the heart, and you can absolutely taste it in the food. Joe, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This was a pleasure to to talk with you. Anytime, anytime. Hey, brought me back sometimes more. Okay, I would love that. I would love that. Omaha, as always. Thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.